Hello and welcome to episode number 24 of Prosperity by the Pint. I'm your host, Bryce Carter. I'm a certified financial planner, charter financial consultant, certified investment management analyst, and self-proclaimed millennial money expert. I pause there only because it's a little bit of a tongue twister. This is the podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success while having a cold beer. This week's cold beer comes to us from New Belgium Brewery. This is out of Fort Collins, Fort Collins, Colorado. It is the Liquid Paradise Voodoo Ranger. So fun fact about uh, New Belgian is they used to have my favorite beer, which was just the New Belgian Ranger IPA. They discontinued the Ranger IPA with the Voodoo Ranger IPA, which is not nearly as good. But this is apparently the Liquid Paradise version, and we'll give it a we'll give it a try. It's got a picture of a guy, uh, a skeleton in a uh, Hawaiian shirt laying on a beach. So I'm guessing it's going to be light and summery, but we shall see. It's uh, hmm. It's not very IPA. I don't. I don't know. We'll uh, to be determined on that particular beer. But to this week's episode, I wanted to talk about the biggest financial mistakes I have come across as a financial planner. Some of them are very broad. Some of them are very specific. I'll try to throw a few stories in there, keep you entertained and engaged. So the first one, and I'm going to be honest and say that I'm guilty of this myself because. I, it, it, I'll just tell you, it's, so it's waiting to start saving. So I started my career at 22 years old, but I really didn't start saving until about 25. So it wasn't too bad, but the, what I was doing in between then was I, I, I made some of these other mistakes that I'm going to go through, but paying down student loans and um, trying, to, trying to get some things done around the house. And I really should have just started saving earlier and I'd have probably a lot more banked in my 401k and Roth IRA than I do right now. But so for more specifics on this, I want you to see episode 21 on, on uh, why you should start saving early. But I'm, I'm just going to give you the hard fact numbers on this and we'll move on. But to be honest, waiting to save is a huge problem. So if you haven't started yet, start. A person making 50000 a year and take a person making 50000 a year that saves 15% into their 401k or Roth or whatever. And they make, um, they, they, they make let's just say, 8% a year. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars by waiting just five years to start saving. So if you start at if you start saving fifteen percent a year on fifty thousand, you make eight percent. That's seventy five hundred a year. You save seventy five hundred a year for five years, and let's say it earns eight percent, it'll end up being about forty six thousand dollars after five years. Now let's take that forty six thousand dollars. Let's just, let's just pretend we stop. We stop contributing, and it earns eight percent for another thirty. Okay, so this is assuming a person essentially started saving at 25, stopped saving at 30, and what they end up with about $450,000. So five years of saving 15% after 30 years works out to $450,000. That's why I can't I can't stress this enough. This is the reason I'm bald. I pulled out all my hair trying to tell people this. That's not true. Um, it's due to it's due to genetics. Okay. Get off my back, people. So listen, start saving early because that's one of the biggest financial mistakes I come across. Over-borrowing. This is a very broad statement. I'm going to zero in on a few very specific scenarios. Over-borrowing for a car. I'm sorry to say this, but look, if you have a student loan, if you have credit card debt, if you have a furniture loan, you do not, not need to buy a new car and you do not need to lease a car. 
and I, I can't, I, I want to s- strangle some of my friends sometimes and uh, different people when they do this is, is go and buy a brand new car when they're still carrying student loan debt. It's like, dude, get your priorities in order. Those student loans are going to be hanging over you for a very, very long time. If you're not putting real initiative towards knocking those damn things down. I know Bernie says he's going to forgive them all, but don't, don't blame on it. You got to get past Congress. So let's just, just go on a need basis here when you're talking about vehicles. Do you need a brand new vehicle? No, you don't. So don't buy one. Pay down your damn debt. I mean, it's just that simple. The next thing, overborrowing for a home. I blame the lenders and the government as much as I do the individuals, but um, because we don't teach personal finance classes in class uh, in school. Beer break here for a minute. I got to cool down. I'm a little hot on this topic. I still don't know about this beer. It's nothing special. I mean, there's it's almost no flavor to it. I'm, this is going to sound weird, but it, at the beginning, it almost tastes like a marshmallow, but then there's no aftertaste whatsoever. It's really weird. So overbarring for home. Look, the, after the 2008 mortgage crisis, they put some income restrictions on how much you can, um, more stricter income uh, restrictions on how much you can borrow based on income needs and things like that. But the numbers are still way too high. I, I, I can tell you that I could borrow enough to buy a home that would literally bankrupt me. And there's no way I should be able to do that. So lenders will lend you too much. And people do this all the time is buy more house than you can afford because they're not planning on things like maintenance and utilities. The bigger the house, the bigger the utility bill. So overborrowing for a home, being house broke, it's a big problem. I see it all the time. Uh, overborrowing for college. For some of you, this is too late. I'm sorry. It is what it is. If you're buried in student loan debt, work on it, knock it out, do what you can. Uh, we have an episode on why student loans suck. Guess what? They do suck. If it's too late for you, I'm sorry. But if you're a parent, it is not too late for you to teach your kids on this. So if you have a kid that's in college or getting ready to uh, go to college or is getting ready to get a master's degree, reel their shit in because they probably don't need to borrow as much as they do. I get it. You got to borrow for credit hours and things. But I worked at a bar in college and I know that when kids get student loan checks and money from their parents. It doesn't always go to books. We, some of the busiest, uh, busiest bar nights were when student loans would close. Um, so just be conscious of that. Parents, reel your, parent, reel your kids in on that and start playing it for it now. Uh, borrowing for stuff. This is a big problem. This is a, this is a cultural issue that we deal with is that you get the 18%, you know, or 18 month free interest to zero interest on buyer borrowing furniture, a six year interest free loan on that dirt bike, um, boats, four wheelers, TVs, uh, all kinds of appliances, all the, all this, I mean, marketing just plays into this so much and that 0% is not bad, but that's a monthly fixed payment that you have now, which directly impacts how much you're able to save. So people just buy stuff, even though sometimes it's not at a bad interest rate, borrowing stuff is a big problem. So that those, these are just, again, common, most prevalent financial mistakes that I often see. Um, and this is the biggest one probably here next. Um, the top two are next. So I didn't put this in the over-borrowing category because I think it's a separate and much more difficult issue, which is liberal use of a credit card. People way too often are overspending on their credit cards. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Credit cards are at astronomical interest rates. It's too easy to, to run them up. Um, 
but it happens all the time. So biggest, one of the biggest financial mistakes that I ever see is people putting stuff on credit cards. I actually had a scenario where this, the client was not my client at the time, but they came a client later, had bought a investment property on their credit card. Now I don't have to, you don't have to be a mathematician to figure out that if you buy a, an investment property in a 15% interest credit card, that you got to make one hell of a rent payment on that thing or receive one hell of a rent payment on that thing in order for it to be profitable. So too liberal use of a credit card, it's, it's probably the number one financial mistake people make. All right, the last one, and I see this all the time, probably more often than even the credit card one, because a lot of times people with massive credit card debt aren't the ones reaching out to me. It's investors and, and earners and savers that are reaching out to me. And so it's, it's individual stock picking um, that is supported by a person's confirmation bias. So uh, if I had a dollar for every time, my God, people tell me these stories about how they bought this, this stock because they knew this and this and this were going to happen and then it fell apart. Uh, the best example I can give is I, I'm from Flint, Michigan here in the Flint area and GM, this is GM's hometown. I mean, they kind of abandoned it, but it's GM's hometown. And GM for many, many years, the default match, uh, or for many people, if they didn't fix it was, was the, their, the match went into the GM stock. So a person would get close to retirement they'd have a million dollars in their 401k and half of it was in GM stock and half of it was in a couple of mutual funds. Well, guess what? GM went bankrupt. That stock zeroed out. I know they got bailed out and all that. For many people that you don't understand, GM actually went through a bankruptcy. Now they recovered and everything, but old GM stock is still listed at zero dollars and zero cents. The stock you see today is brand new. So people had this confirmation bias. If you haven't listened to the last episode, it's a good one. It's a great one. People love it. I haven't even I haven't got the feedback yet, but people are gonna love it. Ignore that. Just just an error here from the cell phone. We're just people. That's all we are. We're just people here. The confirmation bias is if you're working at GM and you see that the factory is running well and, and uh, the, the trucks that they're turning out are doing great, that might confirm your bias that you need to buy their stock. What happens? GM goes bankrupt. So that's a problem. Uh, I've seen people invest in um, oil stocks because they their family, uh, you know, worked in the oil industry for years and so they knew it really well and so that familiarity bias kicks in and all of a sudden they're buying a, a huge portion of their portfolio is in that individual stock in the oil sector which ends up leading to a lack of diversification and huge risks so if, if concentrations of stocks like one or two different individual stocks or sectors that's where you can make and lose a fortune so to put that another way is if you concentrate all your money in one stock and it pops off brilliantly, go to the upside, you can make a lot, a lot of money, but you can also lose a lot, a lot of money if it goes the other way. So when people start individual stock picking and they end up becoming, uh, they get they get overconfidence maybe because they get you know one or two or th- three right in a row, that's where I have seen people nearly wipe out a lifetime of savings or a lifetime of a huge inheritance. It just, it's just too common. And so the way to get rich and the way to get broke are the same way. And that's concentration risk. It's really easy to get rid of that. Just diversify. It's, I mean, it's that simple. If you own 500 companies, the S and P 500, for example, not all of them are going bankrupt tomorrow. And if they do, the only thing worth any money are bullets and bottled water and penicillin anyways. So that's a different problem, right? So 
just to kind of recap the biggest mistakes, people not starting saving early enough, borrowing too much for, for stupid stuff, racking up credit card uh, uh, debt, and taking an exorbitant investment risk, mostly by trying to pick individual stocks that essentially lean into their individual biases. So that's this week's episode of Prosperity to Buy the Pint. Don't forget to subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, that's where we are. Cheers. <laughs>